This is the Yob ConvoCast. One-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Yob ConvoCast conversations with folks in the Yob community. And we're continuing our summer ConvoCast series on sexual identity and just kind of all the many multifaceted ways our community who follow Jesus according to a traditional sexual ethic, how that kind of manifests or is described in myriad ways, so many different ways. Um, and on the heels, this is so this is so touching for me and so beautiful because on the heels of talking to Matthew, one of the original Yab guys who started this community with me, we have the other guy who also was there from the beginning, has started this Yab community with me. He's been on the show many times. It's our other brother, Marshall. What's up, Marshall? Hey, good to talk to you all. I didn't even plan it out this way, Marshall, that we start we start things off with the OGs, with you, <laughs> me, and Matthew. I love that. <laughs> good. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I heard a large part of Matthew's podcast, so I uh, you know, mm. have an idea what he had to say. I, I do appreciate him. He can be... Um, funny in his own way. I like his sense of humor. It's kind of uh, not average. <laughs> you have a, you have a very interesting sense of humor too, Marshall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mine is not average humor. either. No, that's for sure. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Yeah. You have a great sense of humor too. Um, Marshall, before we get into the meat of the conversation, which we're definitely going to about how you sexually identify, um, I have to catch up because I think I can't remember the last episode you were on or what, what was discussed, but I know it's been brought up multiple times over the years. The fact that you live on this farm and that there's like how God knows how many people are living there at any given time. Um, and just with all sorts of complications the last few years with a pandemic and I didn't have a car for a year and a half. Um, you know, I just hadn't, I've heard about this farm my whole, you know, five years now, six years now, however long you've been there. And finally got a chance to visit you there several months ago. Um, and it was very interesting. I, I was like, I was so glad to have that life experience good, of good. visiting well, you on the farm. I appreciated uh, spending the time with you and seeing you too. And um, yeah, it, the way you said that, it was interesting. It sounded like you're trying to be <laughs> diplomatic and cover up some problems. No, it's so I'll, I'll start with, I'll start with the, not even the negative. I'll start with the just like first impressions because mm -hmm. I remember sure. I parked my car. I saw you and I walked up. I saw this little house and then I saw like horses and and cattle or something. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then walk. I walked with you a little ways down the trail. And then all of a sudden it's like RV city. And there's like an RV here and an RV there and an RV there. I was like, oh, what this is all of a sudden we've been transported into like sort of like a commune sort of <laughs> which yep. is just very eclectic i will say it was just like you know very interesting you had all these rvs scattered around and then uh, but then we walked even further and it's like they're they're like doing this soccer field that they're they were constructing and putting lights up and then we kept walking and there's like a cabin being built and we walked through the woods and and there's another cabin like deep in the woods so it was it was a massive property i wasn't expecting it to be as big as i as i discovered it to be and um i think what i loved about it was just like there's so much creativity and so much room to expand and grow and draw people there like uh, it was yeah it was interesting in so many multifaceted ways. <laughs> oh yeah, well I appreciate it very much. Uh, 
obviously I love people. I want to be a blessing to others. So I, you know, anyway, James, my friend and I bought this together, uh, 2019. So it's been about uh, four years and, um, you know, we've allowed a lot of people to park RVs, you know, they've got electricity, you know, we had electricity run out to where they are. We're trying to get water to them, but so far they're operating on water <laughs> tanks. Um, but that's, you know, so it's a big project. We're in the middle of a bunch of stuff. And as you can see, or could see when you were here, uh, there's a lot being built as far as, you know, some people are building cabins on the edge of the woods in one case and pretty far into the woods in another case. <laughs> I would say we probably have between 15 and 20 people there. You know, I'd have to sit down and count, but it's approximately <laughs> 17, 18. Anyway, <laughs> yep. Uh, some people live in RVs out, uh, you know, in that one area that you saw. It was kind of the edge of the woods. And then um, a bunch of people live in the house, too. So, you know, it's been good. I was going to ask because we won't we won't spend too long on this. But like mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, like, because you live you live in the house and you have a nice little room there mm -hmm. without any windows because right. you, you you work at night. And so it works right. out really well for you just uh, functionally to have like a dark room that you can sleep in during the day. Right. But I was curious if you have like aspirations to like build your own cabin or like have your own unique space out there on that property. Is that something that you aspire to or not so much? Um, there are other things that are a lot higher priority than that. Okay. Um, I'm, I wouldn't mind it, but it's not like it's way down on my priority list because there's so much going on that, um, needs more attention more quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm being very practical again. I'm in a room with no windows because I often sleep during the day because I work at night. So, um, that's just, again, being practical. I have plenty to uh, walk around and look at when I go outside. So I can certainly mm. live without a, um, you know, without windows in my bedroom. Well, this is just, this is just your regular re reminder. I'm going to try to like filter in the Enneagram secretly, covertly into these conversations because <laughs> I joked with Matthew, like we did an Enneagram summer series last year. And so we're not doing that this year, sad times, but, um, but here's your little Enneagram two reminder to make sure Marshall that in the grand picture of you, tending to everyone else's needs or the farm's needs mm -hmm. or this community's needs, find, find space to take care of yourself. And if that means building a dang cabin in the woods, then build a, build a cabin. I'll come help you. I'll come <laughs> Thank help you. you build. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one who said that. Um, probably the most vocal person telling me to do something like that is uh, actually James's mother. <laughs> She's uh, basically saying, <laughs> you know, you know, but anyway, yeah, I've, but there are many others that have, have basically said, look, you need to do more for yourself. And I'm going, I'm happy. I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be annoying and bullying about it. Like take care of yourself. No, no. I trust that you're a grown man and that's true. Oh yeah. Yeah. That. No, I do. In general, I do. I'm here to just remind you. Thank you. Cause obviously I do have a weakness to try to, you know, make everybody else happy. Cause that does make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I just was, uh, that's a little recap on, on the farm. It was lovely. I enjoyed my, I enjoyed my visit. I enjoyed petting the animals. You have some yep. goats and like steer and I learned something. I learned like, what is a steer again? Like a castrated, a castrated bull. Yes. Castrated bull. There we go. Mm -hmm. I learned some terms. Right. Right. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea that that was a term or I didn't know. I've heard of steer. I didn't know that that's what a steer was. So yes. now I know. In other and now, words, now all our listeners know too. Yes, it's being raised for beef, um, not to, um, 
you know, breed uh, cows for milk, you know, for calves and milk. It's <laughs> That was sad because it was such a sweet, it was such a sweet little animal. I was petting it. It came up to me at the fence and it was mm-hmm. like wanting to be a, doted on. And I was like, wow, you're going to be eaten in a couple years or less. <laughs> <laughs> but that is how this world works, you know? Right. But it's um, uh, some of the uh, girls here have nicknamed him Ferdinand, the one that was paying oh. attention to you. And they're they're saying, please don't slaughter Ferdinand. Say Ferdinand. It gets worse when you start naming things. I've learned this by yes. naming my vehicles, that the trauma of losing a vehicle when you name it is greater <laughs> than if it's just a yeah. Nissan Versa and you don't mm-hmm. have to give it a name. That's my situation right now. Um, well, Marshall, it's a great place. I'm glad I got to finally check it out. Mm-hmm. And it's good to talk with you again and catch up with you again. Thank you for saying yes to this conversation, to this series. I always appreciate mm-hmm. your input and perspective. Um, as someone in the prime of his life, is that an accurate description of where you are right now? <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, I'm definitely, um, you know, um, well, I guess that's a good way to say it. I um, am not in decline, that's for sure. So I guess I'm no. in the prime of my life. <laughs> the prime of your life. I mean, starting yes. a nonprofit and just having a community like that, like that's so cool that you know, oh. life doesn't end when you're a certain age. You keep right. going and new things keep coming. It's really cool to see where you are. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I, that's very important to me that I not just, um, stagnate and be safe and comfortable. And, uh, that's it. (laughs) I want to be giving and helping and, you know, absolutely. So this conversation that we're kicking off or that we've already kicked off rather is exploring sexual identity within our Yab community. Um, And so this is just how the conversation will start every single episode this summer Mm -hmm. as we have these different conversations is, Marshall, how would you self-identify? Well, um, I've written about this before. um, And, you know, my mind hasn't changed on this, certainly. Um, I do not call myself gay. Um, Now, there are several reasons for that. Um, One is that that is just one word that has all kind of implications, some of which just don't apply to me, (laughs) but some, you know, some of the implications of that word, you know, will apply in some ways like, um, well, for example, I I would, I would rather describe myself with a few sentences rather than saying, you know, calling myself gay. Um, I am, I am definitely tempted, um, by sexual attraction to men. Um, that has happened a lot in the past. Um, as I've, um, been closer to God, that has been something that has, um, not dominated me, not had power over me, but I have definitely struggled with that. And I'll definitely talk about that more later on that I haven't always said that about myself, you know, that I'm, uh, I don't call myself gay. Cause at one time I, you know, many years ago when I was uh, much, much younger, I did. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I wrote How about it. How old were you? Oh, middle school. Oh, really? Okay. So a middle school. So yeah. You know, I was like uh, 12, 13 years old when I didn't say that I was not out with it. I did not right. tell anyone, but internally that's how I was identifying. Okay. And so you mentioned using, using sentences to describe it. So, so mm-hmm. how would you then, yeah, you said you're tempted by sexual temptation to other men, but right. like, yeah, we're right. 
keep going to from that thought. Right. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I freely admit that uh, that has been a temptation to me over the years, um, you know, actual attraction to men and a lack of attraction to women. Um, I have attempted dating women, uh, one in particular more than anyone else, and um, that did not work. Um, I was not a, the level of attraction was never enough to sustain a marriage. So, you know, the, uh, dating relationship ended. Um, and so, you know, I would certainly describe myself as, you know, uh, what I have felt over the years is more attraction to men than to women. Now, the way I see it, I don't want to identify as really anything, but I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Um, that because you know you don't have to read um, too much of the Bible before you see that you know sexual morality is important. And then you know we all get to the famous passages. There are a few of them, three or four or five, that very specifically mention you know sex between two men. And um, it's very clearly called sin. So the way I see it, um, I don't want to call myself by a name of what God hates. God hates men having sex with each other. Um, and that's, I mean, I, that sounds pretty, uh, whatever the word is, extreme, but that is basically what's in not only the Old Testament law, but it's several places in the New Testament. And I mean, I could go into explanations of each scripture, but many of us have read those scriptures. We know what that is. So because God has said that he hates these sins, um, I don't want to call myself by the name of something that God hates, especially if it doesn't characterize me. Um, the other aspect of why I would never call myself gay is because to many people, certainly my age, but also some younger people, when you say you're gay you are implying that you have sex with men. And I don't now by I, I've certainly been tempted, but I've never had sex with a man. So I think to qualify as gay, you pretty much have to have sex with a man. Um, so I wouldn't say that, but I would say that I'm tempted by it. So I don't identify as anything sexually, really. It's, um, what I identify with, again, like I keep saying, is I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And my goal, like I told Matthew, and like I'll reiterate with every other conversation I have through this series, it's not to um, cast judgment on anybody mm -hmm. for identifying this way or that right. way. You know, we're a big, happy family in this community who identify a thousand different ways. Maybe a thousand is too many, but <laughs> at least a dozen, at least a dozen or so mm -hmm. um, different ways. And so it's, it's just, cool to hear. Yeah. Like, like I said, throughout the series, we'll talk to younger guys, older guys, single guys, married guys, and it's just going to cast all these different lenses through, through this conversation as we, as we, as we navigate this. Um, similar to Matthew Marshall, you and I, we, we grew up in the Zanga days, the good old Zanga days where we yes. blogged, where we had these anonymous blogs and that's where we met each other before right. your other brothers came along and we started this community. Um, back in those days, we, we were really high on the term SSA, this, mm -hmm. this same-sex attraction moniker. What are your thoughts on both then and now, the, the SSA identifier or moniker? You just said you prefer not to identify as gay or really anything other than a child of God or a Christian. So how do you feel about SSA, just to, to put well, that out there? That's just a way of describing the temptation. In other words, 
you know, you can say, well, I deal with same-sex attraction, meaning that, you know, I'm tempted by attraction to the same sex. Um, by God's grace, with God's help, it doesn't have power over me. Um, it doesn't dominate me. I don't go further than, you know, um, you know, what we've talked about here, you know, just, but I do, um, like I said, I, I, because when you say same-sex attracted, you're simply saying that I feel a temptation sometimes, a pull of, you know, attraction. Um, that doesn't mean that I like it or that I'm giving into it, but I'm resisting it. That's how I would say it as far as the sexual aspect of it. Now I could go into a whole lot more detail about what I'm not resisting, which is I'm certainly not resisting friendship. I'm not res resisting Christian mm -hmm. love. Um, that's something very different. Yeah. Cause I wanted to, that was one I wanted to ask you about because I just noticed that in your blogs and you have mm -hmm. quite a number of them going all the way back to 20. When did we start this community? 20. 2015, I think. 2015 or 16. Yeah, <laughs> End of 2015. Yeah. So you, your blogs go all the way back to the beginning. Um, and you tend to, use, yeah, I've, I've noticed that you use SSA or same-sex attracted um, or same-sex attraction. How do you feel? That's another follow-up question. How do you feel of, of using that as a noun versus an adjective? Like same-sex attraction, the noun, same-sex attracted, the adjective. Um, well, if, if I, I, I usually don't say I am a same-sex attracted, whatever, you know, I usually say I deal with it. Um, I face it. I, uh, struggle with it at times. I don't say that I am, um, that that defines me or identifies me. Um, I think, uh, you know, we're a lot more, uh, our personality is a whole lot more complicated than just what we're sexually attracted by. Yeah. And there is a similarity. There's a little bit of a crossover, even though Matthew does identify as gay, like mm -hmm. the, his lack of wanting to identify, to combine the gay modifier with the Christian mm -hmm. noun, like putting those together, he does not do. And so I think there's a little bit of a right. similarity there as far as, as far as your identification or lack mm -hmm. thereof goes. Um, because what's really interesting for, for this conversation is like you, You've dated women and you were even engaged to one. No, we, no, weren't, you we talked almost, about, yeah, talked we talked, about it. that's right. We talked about it and that's when the relationship went into a crisis because I, yeah, when we got to that point, uh, I had to confess my issues and everything fell apart after I confessed my, uh, you know, uh, feelings for men. How does, so what was the attraction level there for, for this particular woman? Like, was there a physical attraction, emotional attraction? I mean, how would you quantify the fact that you dated her for that long to get to the point of having a marriage conversation? Well, she was probably, is probably, well, she, certainly at the time she was the best female friend I had ever had. Um, I think very highly of her even still. She's a very uh, strong spiritual person she's uh you know devoted her life to what matters eternally um and that's what i really appreciated but so i was attracted to her as a friend and i thought well maybe you know there could be something sexual that would you know a sexual attraction that would develop and that i would be able to marry you know her i, I decided well if i would marry anyone she would be a good one you know um well i never really did and um we talked about that and, uh, you know, anyway, uh, 
although she was very patient, she just said that she was not, she did not believe it would be good for her or me if we continued in the relationship. And, you know, of course, um, if something's not mutual, I'm certainly not one to try to force the issue. Mm -hmm. So it was, but it, it was uh, certainly the best that she married who she did. I, um, I could tell stories about that. Uh, (laughs) I've been friends with her uh, husband since before I met her. Um, He was my best friend and he started dating her after I stopped dating her <laughs> and uh, you like handed the baton to use a sports metaphor. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't quite describe it that way. There is a lot more emotional stuff than just handled handing a baton, but it, I learned a lot from it. It was good. Yeah. You know, I'm curious cause you, you know, you grew up maybe I won't, I won't put an exact number of years. You grew up at least a decade or two before I did um, or before a lot well, of our, I don't mind admitting my age but, you know. <laughs> before a lot of our community, our younger listeners did. Um, so I'm curious, I don't know, this is an interesting little thought experiment. I don't know if you've thought about this or if it's relevant to the conversation at all, but like if you had grown up today, like if you were born today, or if you were born 20, 30 years ago, um, and you're growing up in today, today's culture, a few decades younger, like, do you think you would still follow a similar path or do you feel like just the way, um, you know, because Yab exists and Revoice exists and there's a lot of these mm-hmm. side B conversations and stories that are now now in the atmosphere in the universe that didn't exist 50, 60, 70 years ago. Like, do you wonder, do you think about that? Like, would you have still pursued a relationship with a woman even though there was no um, physical sexual attraction there? Like, I'm, I'm curious if that's something that you've thought about. Um, it is hard to say if I would have pursued a relationship with a woman. I would say... Um, meeting this particular woman made me want to, but when I saw that it didn't work with her, you know, I think if a similar thing had happened, I probably would have, I would say that, um, I learned from it that, uh, you know, unless something drastically changes with me, uh, I would not be able to marry a woman. (laughs) So of course that doesn't help her if I'm uh, moving in that direction. But anyway, worse of course would be lying about it and trying to hide it. Mm -hmm. So my my own issues so that, you know, I wasn't, wasn't going to do it then. And I certainly wouldn't do it now. Um, You know, unless there was a complete agreement there, I wouldn't be moving in that direction at all. Gotcha. Yeah. That's something I'm eager to explore as this conversation goes is like the guys in our community, have you dated a woman um, or have you, are you married to one? Obviously I'll talk to at least one person who's married to one. And so I'm curious just to explore that lens of it too, with Matthew last time talking about having feelings for a woman and what that was like for the first time in his life. So yeah. Closing out the conversation, Marshall, I am asking everybody, what is your greatest struggle with your sexuality or your sexual identity and then your greatest joy, your greatest joy in being the way that God has made you and the way that you are. We're, let's start in the deep end. Let's go to struggle land. Um, yeah. Like what's been, what's been the most difficult thing with your sexuality? Well, when I was, I would say the most difficult time in my life is a good way to describe this is when I was well, in middle school, I was uh, probably about the time I was 12, 13, maybe 14 years old. Um, when I start, first started having sexual feelings, um, I realized that I was having sexual feelings regarding men, but not so much women. And then, you know, the other guys, I went to, you know, public school. It was not uh, Christian in any way, the school that I went to. And um, 
so you heard all kind of talk um and you know guys would talk about women they were attracted to and what it what it felt like to them and all that and i began to realize oh i feel the same way they feel toward women i feel that way toward guys and um you know i pretty much decided at that point um, I was in a very low place spiritually. I was not uh, spiritually strong at that time in my life and uh, didn't have a whole lot of support. So I, uh, anyway, I just sort of wanted to explore my feelings and um, I thought things through and I, you know, that's when I internally called myself gay and decided that I was going to go after um, other guys. I knew I couldn't do it in the environment I was in. I lived in a very conservative part of the world and uh, at a very conservative time where, you know, I would have been severely bullied if I had confessed anything like that. So I had to hide it, but I definitely had a decision there that was looking back on it, a very bad decision. I decided that when I was, uh, you know, old enough, I would basically move to someplace like New York or San Francisco and, you know, become openly gay. Um, and uh, I didn't stay in that mindset for very long, maybe a year or two. Um, actually, I believe it was the Lord, God himself convicting me of sin and bringing me to a place of repentance where, you know, I, I knew it was wrong, you know, based on, you know, what was taught in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so I just said, God, forgive me, help me. <laughs> and so I, I moved in the other direction. And by the time I was in high school, I felt like I was resisting the temptation and I was not calling myself gay, but I was still keeping it a secret because that I was struggling with it because I wanted to avoid bullying. So, but that was some of the most emotionally painful time in my life when I was, um, you know, scared of bullying to the point where I was just, I wouldn't talk to anyone about it. And I was having to deal with the whole thing all myself. Um, yeah. It was very difficult. Can't, can't relate, Marshall. I can't relate with bullying at all. <laughs> oh, I think if anybody's read your book, if they've read yeah. your book, I'm sure they uh, know some of your stories. Sure. Sure. It's so interesting though. Cause like for me, I never like I I was one of those people who refused to look in the mirror and like acknowledge sexuality throughout my middle school. So I knew I was like I would have fantasies of the other boys and think about that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was never something that I felt shame over per se, or I didn't see the shame until years later, like into college. And so, um, so there's a little bit of a divergence there as far as um, as far as your and I stories go. But I was definitely bullied for just not being masculine enough, for being you know less mm -hmm. athletic or what have you. But um, but that's so, and my heart goes out to like people and we have a good number of older people in our community who just grew up in a completely different era. We're talking about your sexuality with anybody talking about that in a church setting in a family setting, like was not even an option remotely on the table. Um, you know, and even I grew up in that culture, like that was never something I felt like I could ever talk about with anybody growing up as well. And I know that that's still a thing today. I think it's becoming less and less of a thing in certain parts of the country anyway, um, or the world even, mm -hmm. but, um, but I can imagine that, yeah, that's like in a lot of people's stories, that is the most difficult part was just coming to terms and coming to grips with being so different from how right. most people are wired. So um, it's cool that here you are now as as somebody who survived those years and 
um, and can now offer input from from where you are now on this on this side of your life. Mm-hmm. What's your what's been your greatest joy, Marshall, through having a sexuality like yours and living the single life, living on a farm? Like I'm curious what uh, what you would say your greatest joy is. The greatest joy I would say that I've had is um, that as a result of my temptations and then my struggle with with having to feel like I had to solve all my problems on my own and not talk to anybody about them. Um, the big problem was, um, you know, so bad, I didn't have human beings to talk to. So I turned to God and, you know, as I, you know, repented and started walking with God when I was in high school, um, you know, it really helped my relationship with God I was motivated. I was desperate. I had to uh, turn to someone and it was God that I turned to and it, it helped my relationship with God. So there's been a lot of joy there seeing him walk with me, help me through things and move me forward. Um, Jesus said that uh, if you want to follow him, uh, you deny yourself, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him. And that simply means saying yes to Jesus no to my own selfish desires every day. And uh, I found joy in following Jesus, you know, whatever pain we experience in taking up our cross daily and following him um, is nothing compared to the joy of a real eternal relationship with God. Um, That is something that is worth whatever you have to give up. (laughs) And that is, uh, you know, because it drove me to God, that's what the biggest good thing was. That's so beautiful. Um, and that is like so crazy because I teased you before the um, before we started recording that I have a surprise for you at the mm-hmm. end of our episode. And I don't know if you can tell, Marshall, the sand is literally just running out as as you shared yes. that. You were so on on point. You were so on time um, as the, the days of our lives have <laughs> run out. Because that is, I mean, that, and I'll just tie a bow on that and echo what you just said is that like this constant reminder, it feels like every day I can't, there's not a day at this point. Now, I was able to avoid it throughout middle school and high school, this the sexuality piece of my identity. But like, I wake up every day now, consciously aware of that at some point during the day, like, oh, yeah, I am attracted to men. <laughs> and it's so always like there. Well, and, what is the main what is the main topic of your conversation and your writing? <laughs> yeah, I understand it. You can't get away from for it. me, especially as like yeah, a content creator in this in this right. in this arena, for sure. Um, but with that, just like you said, is this constant reminder of like, oh yeah, I need Jesus and I have this something that is so important to me. And and that like ties back to something. It might've been our last conversation or one of our recent convocasts. I don't know which one it was. Um, but you talked about that parable that Jesus says, which is kind of like your life Mm -hmm. scripture. I'm putting words in your mouth, but like this, this concept of buying the field, because there was somebody in scripture that Jesus talks about who bought the field and sold everything that he owned. Like, I'm saying, I'm I'm probably describing it poorly, but you described it eloquently when we had that conversation about buying the field Mm -hmm. and you guys can um, listen to that. So Marshall, the surprise is I'm going to read some lyrics of a new song. Have you heard of the artist known as Owl City? Have you heard of Owl City, Marshall? O-W-L City? Yes, yes I've heard Owl of Owl City. I, I don't regularly listen to them, but I've heard of them. Yes. <laughs> the Well, Owl City, it's just one person. It's kind of funny that mm. it's a one-person show. Okay. Uh, I think his name is Adam Young. I think that's his name. Um, our listeners out there who are big Owl City fans can correct me if I'm wrong. His most popular song is Fireflies. You know that song? Probably not. <laughs> I don't sing it. <laughs> I like to make myself believe that 
planet Earth turns slowly. That's that's how that song goes. Fireflies. Um, anyway, he wrote a song called Field Notes off of his album Coco Moon. Mm-hmm. I think this is fairly recent because the um, I pulled up a random blog page that has lyrics and it's this was posted just a couple months ago. So it might be like this year this album came out. I was not mm-hmm. aware. I do not. I like Al City. I don't necessarily keep up with his his stuff all the time. But I, I when I heard this, Marshall, it was in my suggestions on YouTube and I listened to it. I was like, oh, my gosh, Marshall all the way. <laughs> So I'm gonna read, it's like a story, it is a story. Like I'm gonna read the mm-hmm. whole lyrics for you and I just want you to bask in the lyrics of this Owl City song called Field Notes. Are, okay. are you ready? Yes. <laughs> this is how we'll, we'll end, the, end the episode. Shout out to Owl City for being an unofficial sponsor of this show. Okay, so here are the lyrics. We were heading on home, Diesel and me, down an old gravel road way out in the country, tuckered out after working the fields all day. When all of a sudden, off like a shot, that dog took off, running, barking his head off. Wherever he went, he went like there was hell to pay. So lickety split, I crashed through the fields, chasing after that hound, and I was hot on his heels. When we both went over the edge of a deep ravine, as I crawled up the bank, cold and soaked to the bone, a glint caught my eye from the mud where it shone. Something was buried there alongside the stream. Now the middle of a field is a pretty odd place to find some kind of trunk or a chest or a crate. But buried under the earth, I saw a corner exposed. No, there wasn't a map or a note or a key. It was clearly forgotten, just waiting for me. Like I was supposed to find it there, right under my nose. It had laid there for years, deep in the dirt, so I dug it out and wiped my hands on my shirt. I pried up the lid and excitedly peered inside, and what I saw was a sight to behold because that tattered old trunk was crammed full of gold. My eyes bugged out. It was enough to make a grown man cry. Big golden bricks with a shimmery sheen. They were a staggering sight to a poor boy like me. And right then and there, I knew what I had to do. So with a smile, I sold what little I had. I gave my pots and my pans to my mom and my dad. And then I bought that field because it was my dream come true. And then full of joy, I said goodbye to my shack. It wasn't much of a home, so I never looked back. And I never questioned the choice I happily made. I said, I need that field, whatever it takes. You might call it foolish, but I'd call it faith. Trusting in God so gladly, you can't hardly wait. And that's how I learned how a rich fella counts, his treasure in heaven, not under the ground. Because betting the farm is well worth the risk to carefully keep such a beautiful gift that's yours forever. It's a pretty good deal. There's a couple more things more precious than gold. One is your heart and the other is your soul. And you've got something unique that nobody can steal. It's a fable, you see. And the moral is this, your heart's with your treasure wherever it is. And trust me, when you dig, a treasure will be revealed. And you never know what could be buried in the middle of a field. Hmm. How do you like that, Marshall? Oh, I appreciate it very much, yeah. You'll have to go go listen to it now. Go YouTube it. Our City Field Notes. Oh, I will. I think you'll enjoy it. And our listeners can check it out too. I might very well put that on our Heart of a Brother playlist because it has a direct correlation to you. And like oh, you thanks. had, <laughs> and that was like your Zanga username too. Something like bought the field. That was like your moniker or something mm-hmm. like, um, so it, to me, it just has so much meaning and connection to you. So I had to share that today. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. And the scripture reference is Matthew 13, 44 to 46. There we go. Um, it's, Jesus direct words. So anyway, 
Yeah, thank you for providing the scripture. I came unprepared as far as the... I should have read the parable first and then read the... But our listeners have already listened to that. They can listen to it again. Yep, it's good. So good. Well, Marshall, it's always a blast to catch up with you and see your windowless room again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you see it in the background. Yeah, yeah. I When you went to work that night and I stayed in your room, it was so great because it's so dark in there. And it was just, I fell asleep instantly. I had, yeah, such a great night's rest <laughs> while you were slaving away the graveyard shift. So thank you for for that time. Sure, sure. I knew that, uh, like I said, it was, I have no trouble sleeping during the day. So <laughs> I knew that, you know, while I was at work, you would have no trouble sleeping there either during the night. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, so much fun. I appreciate just you bringing your lens to this conversation and mm-hmm. stay tuned, everyone. We'll keep the conversation rolling next time with another guest from our community. So stay tuned for that. So until we cast our next convo as we span the spectrum. See you, friends. Bye, Marshall. Bye. Thank you. Oh, I've also got a little surprise for you at the end. Hopefully I don't Uh-oh. forget. Oh, <laughs> a good surprise. No, it's, a good, or... it's a great, yeah, it's a great surprise.